Thanks for joining us and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we'll bring you true stories of angelic encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Welcome back. Today we're going to look or relook at Dana Coverstone's data dream. Now he originally had this dream on October 20th. Actually he had it over a course of several days he said. He released it on October 20th which was about two weeks before the election. And when it originally came out it was a little confusing. However now that we've gone through the election It seems like to me, anyhow, that it had a lot to do with this Dominion software issue and the election fraud that's going on right now. So we're going to look at that again. We're going to listen to his dream with his own words. And in the second half of our podcast today, we're going to hear from three very prominent prophets, Jeremiah Johnson, Maurice Kalar, and Bobby Connor on what's going to happen now with this election. So we're going to start with Dana Coverstone and his data dream. Hey, good morning, folks. It is Tuesday, October 20th. Um, Last night I had the compilation completeness of of a dream that I've had over the last several days. It started about the 17th or 18th of October. Um, This one got my attention, especially since we're so close to the election. Uh, the second part is a little bit more contentious. I've sent it to, to two of my friends to look at. Um, once again, I'm not going to try to interpret what these dreams are. I'm just telling you what I had. I felt the urgency to get them out this morning. Um, so here's what it is. I saw what looked like an atlas with an interstate lines all over the nation. Like if you're looking down at an atlas and you see the, the, the interstate lines going all over from state to state. Uh, and they were flashing with bits of information going all over. It looked like, it looked like a data map. It appeared to be like a network of sorts. It was obviously overworked, uh, and some of the data points were not flashing. Some were the places, cities, smaller places. Uh, it, it, you had flashing, you had things that were moving, you had data points that were moving almost like traffic. But I could see there were small workers in white lab coats, and they were trying to work on the areas where the data was not flashing. Uh, I could see, I saw hammers, I saw, I saw guys with laptops, I saw people who were trying to work out the... Uh, the, the minute details of why this point wasn't flashing or why this point was flashing too hard or too fast. And I could see the areas heating up. I heard concerns that the circuits were going to go hot. That's what they said. Those circuits are going to go hot, and if they go hot, they will fry. And so that was the language I was hearing. And I said they're going to go hot and get fried if they could not slow the system down. And suddenly from the west coast of the Midwest, and it started Washington State, uh, Oregon, California, there were these big flashes, and then I saw smoke from the data points that seemed to represent those bigger cities, and, and they stopped on the western side of the Mississippi. So it started all the way on the west coast, 
went to went to the west coast or to the the western edge of the Mississippi River. Uh, I was not seeing explosions. I was not seeing bombs. I was seeing like systems shutting down because they were so hot. Um, and as the system, as the data points, the flashing got closer to the bigger places, the bigger cities, um, it got faster and faster and faster. And almost in the background, in in my in my dream, I could hear that uh, 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 like a warning sign that happens in a laboratory or something like that. Uh, and the lab, the lab coat guys, they were working feverishly to fix these, but they couldn't get the system back online. So instead, they were trying to reroute. I could hear them saying, "Reroute that system. Go around this city. Go." I, I, I heard them say several times, "Go around Reno. Go around Reno. Go around Reno. Get get through Vegas. Go here. Go there." And they were trying to reroute the system to bring whatever the system was back to life. But as they were doing it uh, and rerouting it, the bigger cities were still sending up smoke clouds. It was like. Uh, like you would see in the old Western movies, where the cloud, you know, like someone had like a, like a, like a Native American Indian with a with a with a blanket or something going over it. It was almost like the data points were sending up information about what had happened there. I did not see Native American Indians. I did not see anything like that or people doing the smoke, but it looked as if there was something interrupting the smoke as it was coming up, almost like it was sending out a signal of information. And then there was a countdown clock. There was no countdown clock at first, but now on the other side of the, of the, of the Mississippi River, there was a countdown clock. And it was counting down 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And when it reached 1, the eastern side of the Midwest started having the same flashpoints, and the cities there began to smoke, and the circuits were fried. And I could hear those guys yelling, the system's going up, it's going up, it's going up. And then they would scream, it's going down, it's going down, it's going down. Circuits are going to fry, the circuits are going to fry, and then there would be these flash points and you would see the smoke. But when the flashes reached Philadelphia, and this was specifically the city that I saw where all this was happening in Philadelphia, the network line that was red, it was like a, it looked like a fire hose that was pulsating with, with like LED lights inside of it. Uh, but when it got to Philadelphia, the network line was red flashing, went into where the Liberty Bell was sitting. It went underneath the Liberty Bell. And when the pressure began to build up, and it was like watching water in a fire hose. It just filled it up, filled it up, filled it up, came underneath the Liberty Bell. And when it got underneath the Liberty Bell, it blew up. And the Liberty Bell went flying straight up in the air. And it split in half. The bell split in the middle of the air. It, it, through the, the the Liberty Bell up into the air like this, and then the Liberty Bell split in half, and it fell in such a way that the round area landed on the ground, and it was it was rotate it was like going back and forth, just just uh, wobbling back and forth. Um, it didn't land on the, on the flat edge of the bell; it had been cracked in half. Once again, it fell, and, and the crack was where it had split through the whole thing. So the crack became what split the whole thing in half. It stopped rocking after what seemed like in the dream, several minutes of just rocking back and forth like this. And then the Liberty Bell began to melt. It was almost as if a huge heat source or from the data point that that that, 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 uh, that fire hose was so hot that it was melting now. So the, the Liberty Bell began to melt and, and like heat was being applied. And then I saw that the lines of data were all headed towards Washington DC from there. It looked like the city had these octopus arms, and they and they were trying to fight to disconnect the data lines. And I, what I assume was they were trying to keep the explosive power of the system shutting down from hitting Washington D.C. And so these octopus arms came out, and they were trying to disconnect the systems. And then, but there, there was one that just kept flashing, was kept building up pulses. It seemed bigger and more extreme, 
carrying more data, more information than the other the other lines I'd seen um, in, in the like the interstate area before. Though there were people wearing suits and ties, these, this was business attire. I saw justice. I saw, it was not necessarily Supreme Court justice. I did not see faces, but I saw judges. I saw people in um, suit and tie, business attire, professional business, and they were trying to uh, basically pull this line out of Washington, D.C. to keep it from blowing up or whatever. They were trying to pull this line away from the city without avail, with, to no avail. This thing kept going. It finally blew up um, because all the connections went to the Capitol building. That's exactly where it was going, to the Capitol building. It finally blew up, and the building literally cracked in half. So I'd seen the Liberty Bell crack in half, and now I saw the Capitol building crack in half. And it issues this huge smoke cloud. And as the smoke goes into the air, it creates a word. And that word was discovery. Discovery was the word that was in, in the air. So you got the, you got the halls of Congress cracked in half. Uh, you've got the smoke just billowing up and it's spelling this word out in the sky, which is the word discovery. It's not, it's not like smoke that's dissipating or clouds. It stays there in the sky. And there are people that, that they're running now. And they're not running from the explosion. They're running from the word they see in the sky, which was discovery. We'll be right back with part two of Dana Coverstone's Day to Dream, right after this message. Are you looking for a good quality used car? but don't want to pay an arm and a leg? Well, come into Rainy Used Cars. We have the largest selection in the Southeast. Whether you want a pickup or a quality SUV from mom, you'll find a variety of vehicles to choose from. We even finance. So come in today. You'll find a Rainy Used Cars located near you. turn you now to part two of the data dream with Dana Coverstone. And they're not running from the explosion, they're running from the word they see in the sky, which was discovery. Then the scene changed and I saw a rotunda of the Capitol and there was a closed casket in the middle of the rotunda. And the sign on the casket stated that inside was the Democratic candidate for the office of president. And there was a calendar hanging above that casket and it had the date. Specifically, clearly, I saw it. The first, one of the first times I've seen an actual date, not on a calendar, but on the paper, it said December 17th. That date was clearly spelled out. And I'm not going to say someone's going to die on the 17th. I'm not going to, I don't know what to say about it. I'm just telling you what I saw. That's all I'm doing. But it said, uh, the, the calendar hanging above the casket, the sign said, had December 17th circled. Now, one of the sons of the Democratic presidential candidate was there, but not the other. And his wife was there, and she was looking down at the ground. Nobody was crying. Nobody was crying. There were also many congressmen and senators from both parties in the room, and they all had their heads down looking at the floor, and they were shaking them just violently, just making fists and shaking their heads violently. Also... All their shoes were not on their feet. The shoes were piled like when you walk in the, the rotunda area. All the shoes were piled there. 
So all these congressmen, all these senators uh, were basically barefooted. There was a couple of the, of the females that had socks or stockings on their feet, like, almost like a, a pantyhose type stocking on their feet. Everybody else was totally, totally barefoot. And then a prominent senator stood up and demanded to see the body. And that's when the sergeant arms rushed up and he said, with several Marines, by the way, and he said, there will be no viewing of the body today or ever again. There will be no viewing of the body today or ever again. And the senator sat down and collected himself. Then he walked over to that pile of shoes and he dug through all these shoes until he found his pair. He put them on and he sat there for a minute, looked around. You could tell he was getting angry and he rushed out of the room. And he was, he was running like at a sprinter's pace to get out of there. Smoke was still rising outside and he's running towards the White House with both fists clenched like this. And he's just, his mouth is moving, and I did not hear the words, but I could see that he was, he was cursing. Not, not like swearing, like cussing. He was cursing the White House. He was cursing the leadership. He was cursing, um, he was cursing the, the leadership. I, 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 I don't want to put words out there because I did not hear what he was saying, but he was obviously cursing. Um, he was upset with something that was going on. He was, he was intent on making, making a change. And he stopped for a moment near the Washington Monument. And he looked back, and when you look back, there was about 20 to 25 other people who were following him. Men and women, I, did not, I can't tell you parties, I can't tell you who they were, I did not see these faces. The runner, yes, I knew who it was, I'm not going to say, but nonetheless. 20 to 25 people are following after him, but they're holding their shoes in their hand while they walked. He told them to hurry, but they just continued their very steady, almost cautious pace to get to him. And then he sneers at them. And he sneers at the White House, and he begins sprinting towards the White House as fast as he can. And at this time, I saw the man I'd seen in the previous dreams. He was standing in the place where the president gives the State of the Union address. He was standing in the halls of Congress right there where everybody sees the president give the State of the Union address every single year. And he tapped the microphone. It was one of those real thin, it wasn't a shirt SM58. It was a real thin, uh, very professional microphone that was there. He tapped the microphone three times, one, two, three, and then he stated in a very loud voice, a house divided against itself shall not stand. And he emphasized the word shall. He said it like this, a house divided against itself shall not stand. And the emphasis was on the word shall. And then he pushed the microphone down, just put his hand and pushed the microphone all the way down to the uh, podium and he walked to the door at the rear of the room. And on that wall, there was a panel of probably 25 or 30 light switches, just your flip switch. And one by one, he flipped them down, one by one, until every light in Congress in that building, in that room, went out. Um, and that was the end of the dream. So uh, I had this dream over the, over the course of the last three or four nights. Um, I've not slept since about 3 o'clock. I had it at about 2.15, I think around 2.15 to 2.30. Um, woke up with an incredible urgency to get this out there. Um, once again, I'm not going to say all the things I think it means. I think we're about to see a whole lot revealed in Congress. I think the next two weeks we're going to see a whole lot more revealed about some of our leaders uh, on both sides. But uh, 
whatever I saw with the data points, there, there are explosive things that are happening. And it, I, I'm, that was not cities blowing up. That was information. That was data points. That was systems that were crashing. And uh, so I'm sharing this, uh, asking you to pray about it, uh, pray for wisdom, understanding. Every time I, I put a dream out there, I usually get, and this is no joke, I usually get three, you know, three to four hundred people will try to interpret and tell me what the dream is. And, and that's okay. I can't look at all of them and I don't look at all of them. But all I'm telling you is I think, you know, we're two weeks today from the election. And there's a whole lot going on, definitely in this dream. And the dreams I've had lately have been a lot more political, a lot more situations. I'm also not saying that that, uh, that Joe Biden's going to die on December 17th. I'm just telling you I saw a closed casket. I saw a sign that said this is the, the Democratic president for, for president or the Democratic candidate for president. I saw his wife and one of the sons, not two. Um, I and, and that's all I'm saying. Um we are seeing some of the things I've seen in the dreams that are happening, and and you know I'm not trying to just clarify that and say, hey, uh, I'm doing these. I'm, I keep telling these dreams so that that there's some some value added to what I've said or done. I'm just trying to be obedient and share what I've seen. Uh, you can do with them what you want, um, but I am trying to warn the nation. I'm trying to warn the church that I believe there's some pretty explosive things that are coming, and that we better be where we need to be. Number one, the Lord. And secondly, be prepared with our families to to protect, to, to watch, to lead, to guide, and to speak up right now. Um, I think this is going to be the most important election and the most contentious election in not just modern history, but in the history of this nation. And I believe I, I think I'm qualified to say that based on the news, reports of things that are happening, the number of attorneys on both sides. So uh, take this, do with it what you want. Uh, but this is the dream that I've had last night. This is the dream that will be on my mind for the next several hours, the next several days going into the election. And uh, so please pray. Because the spokesman that was standing where the president gives the state of the union said, a house divided against itself shall not stand. And if we've ever been divided as a nation, it is today. I don't think we have to go back to the Civil War to find the kind of divisions that we have like we have today. Um, and, and the division is a very, very spiritual one. Um, it's, it's the difference between right and wrong, good and evil. That's what we see out there. It's not black and white. It's, it's not, that's not, that's not, the, that's not the, the biggest issue that we have in this country. There is a spiritual issue that is deeply underneath the, the foundation of this, of this country. And things are about to become explosive and violent and issue-oriented. But I think also, what, what I'll just say this. I think God's about to punch the November calendar. The more I pray about, the more I see, I think God's about to say, enough is enough in this nation. So that's the Dana Coverstone data dream. You know, a couple of things come to mind for me anyhow is the word discovery. So will the discovery of who was behind the election fraud be discovered in December? And Another one is, will the end of the campaign for Joe Biden for presidency end on December 17th? I guess we'll just have to see that. And what will be the aftermath of this discovery and what's going to happen next? We'll be right back after this message. Hello again. This is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. 
So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's the Watchman on the Wall podcast. And now you can find us on YouTube. Now, in the second half of our podcast, we're going to hear from three prominent prophets, and uh, they're quite inspiring. We're going to start with Jeremiah Johnson, Maurice Scalar, and end with Bobby Connor. We'll start now with Jeremiah Johnson. I, I don't care about selling the book, okay? I'm just going to tell you that in this book, Trump and the Future of America, most of what I've written is playing out. So again, here's what everybody's asking about. There is a chapter in this book called the winner of the 2020 election, okay? Chapter nine, Uh, thousands of people are asking me about this. Uh, This came out January 1, 2020. So the winner of the 2020 election, here's the dream that I had that so many of you have not heard of yet because you haven't got the material. I had a dream where I was asking the Lord last year who was going to win the 2020 election. In this dream, Donald Trump was running something like a Boston Marathon. And as he's heading toward the finish line, the crowd is spitting on him. They're cursing at him and he falls down before the finish line and he cannot get up, okay? In this dream last year, I'm asking the Lord, um, is Donald Trump going to win re-election? I have a dream. He's running a marathon. He gets toward the finish line and he, he literally, he can't get up. He falls down and the crowd is going crazy. And honestly, that's what it feels like in a lot of places in America. Um, he just, you know, he's wearing a gridlock. He's fallen down. Um, he can't get to the finish line. And in the dream, supernaturally, two older women make their way through the crowd and they supernaturally pick Donald Trump up and they help him get to the finish line. I believe that the older women represent the intercessors. I've prophesied it all day long. The future of America is in the hands of the baby boomers. And so I want to remind you again in this book, Trump and the Future of America, Chapter 9. You can get it on Amazon. You can literally read this on Kindle ebook today if you wanted to, just to fill yourself with a fresh vision and prayer agenda. Okay, but they helped him to the finish line. And so I'm I'm going to believe uh, that God is right now working uh, on behalf of the praying church. And so if you feel stirred, uh, join uh, in this dream that I had last year that the intercessors, the baby boomers are going to help Donald Trump uh, win re-election and become uh, our president once again. Shalom, this is uh, Maurice Sklar, and um, I'm, it's 2.42 in the morning here in California, Wednesday morning, but I, <clears throat> the Lord spoke to me a very specific word, and I'm to read it, and then I'm going to, I have to tell you what he said uh, to me just now, and uh, then maybe then I can finally go to sleep. I've been 
inter in intercession and just praying and and uh, the Lord's been showing me things and uh, I want to read from Ezekiel chapter 21 and verse 26 thus saith the Lord God remove the diadem and take off the crown this shall not be the same exalt him that is low and abase him that is high now verse 27 here it is i will overturn 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 it and it shall be no more until he come whose right it is and i will give it him Okay, that's it right there. This is what uh, the Lord said. He said uh, the, uh, the claiming of the presidency through uh, this election is false uh, and it is, is corrupt and uh, it, it, it is illegitimate. Uh, Biden will not be, he said, take off the crown. Take off the crown because it's not yours. This shall not be. This won't be as it is right now. And then he says, exalt him that is low, abase him that is high. Well, that's pretty clear. I will. Now, God is saying, I will overturn, overturn, overturn it. What? Uh, the uh, plans to take our three branches of government by the Democrats will be overturned, Overturned, overturned. Well, hello, this is Bobby Connor from Eagles for Your Ministry. Thank you for watching Bobby's Briefings. Today, I want to talk to you about God uncovering the pollution and the lies and the deception that's going on uh, during this uh, election and how that they've tried to cover it all up. Uh, but God is going to expose the fraud that's been taking place in this election. And it's out of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 7. Uh, you need to read Ezekiel chapter 8, starting with verse 1 all the way through verse 10. But here's what it says. I'll just get to verse 7. Uh, it says that, uh, let me read it. We've got time to read this thing. One day, Ezekiel was sitting in my house and the elders of Judah were sitting there in front of me. This was on the fifth day of the sixth month of the sixth year of exile. Suddenly the power of the Lord God came upon me. That's what's going to happen. God's power is going to come upon his prophets and his speakers. They're going to start telling people how to uncover this pollution that's going on. Suddenly the power of the Lord came upon me. I saw something that looked like fire, like a man's body from the waist down. He was like fire from the waist up. He was bright and shining like hot metal in fire. Then I saw something that looked like an arm. The arm reached out and picked me up and grabbed me by the hair of the head. The spirit lifted me up into the air. And in a vision from God, he took me to Jerusalem. So this prophet, uh, Ezekiel, is jerked up out of a meeting and carried to Jerusalem into the courts. And here's what happens. The spirit lifted me up into the air. And in a vision, he took me into Jerusalem. He took me to the inner gate. And the gate that on the north side. The statue that makes God jealous is there and by the gate. But also the glory of the Lord of Israel was there. The glory looked just like the vision I saw in the Valley of Kedar. But anyway, and he says, I'm going to show you a hole in the wall. 
Now, there we go. I'm going to show you, prophet, a hole in the wall, and then you're going to dig in that hole and find a door, and then you're going to go in, and I will reveal to you all the corruption, all the deception, all the dirty deeds that's going on. And so I think that you can find some uh, real insights now into Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 7. All right? Because God's going to expose, give an open door to what's been concealed and all, all the kind of corruption that's been going on there. So I believe the hand of the Lord's going to get up on, uh, come up on the prophets, going to carry them, show them the way, show them the way to uncover, unfurl, to bring out into light everything that's been hidden. And, you know, listen, listen, don't listen to this misinformation mess coming from the media. They, they said there's no evidence of fraud. Are you insane? There's all kind of evidence. There's signed, there's signed affidavits. David's and uh, listen, I want you to know something's up when dead people are voting. Something that, that listen, listen, I want you to know something. God is going to uncover this can of worms and it's it's a stinky can, but he's going to show the hole in the wall that leads to the door so you'll find out all that uh, crazy mess that's going on and then the American people can see for themselves that this is corrupt and what the president said at the very beginning it's a it's an open field for voter fraud but anyway what I'm trying to tell you God's going to show the hole expose the door and reveal the corruptness that's going on and then we'll see that be dealt with and maybe once and for all God bless you thanks for watching Bobby's briefings. Well, that's Jeremiah Johnson, Maurice Scalar, and Bobby Connor. We'll be right back after this important message. Are you interested in scary places? Well, I found a great podcast called Your Haunted Holiday. Each week, sisters Lisa and Lindsay will take you to some of the most haunted places in the world. Their incredible research into how these places became haunted is complemented by their insight into the ghostly activities that are present. They give you information on ghost tours, prices, and much more. That's Your Haunted Holiday. You can go to yourhauntedholiday.com or just listen to wherever great podcasts are found. Thanks again for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Also, give us a like. We welcome any comments or suggestions you might have. We also ask you to subscribe so that you will be notified of all our future episodes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Mm-hmm.